1: To know the next right step. And then that next right step leads you to where you're supposed to be.
2: I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do
0: Thanks to Bambi for supporting this podcast. HR managers aren't cheap. Salaries average $70,000 a year. Go to Bambi.com slash dreamjob to schedule your free HR audit. Also thanks to Miro. Miro is a collaborative whiteboarding online platform created to help people visualize, discuss, and share work. Just like the whiteboard that hangs in your office, consider Miro a blank slate where you and your team or friends can all work, play, or something in between. Go to Miro.com slash dreamjob. That's M-I-R-O.com slash dreamjob to start your free account. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So have you already joined the Quitters Club? Do you know about this Quitters Club? This is your tools, your steps to finally, once and for all, plan your escape. Uh, The Quitters Club is a series of workshops where you will learn from me how to ditch your day job, how to set yourself up for success, how to build the runway so that you don't have to just take the leap, but that you can actually start Building some income and then set a quit day for three months from now, eight months from now, whatever it is. You'll also be able to interact with my team live once a week and we will be helping you figure out what is your thing? How can you sell it? How can you price it? You'll be given that sort of live group coaching once a week. It's awesome. If you want to check it out, go to KathyHeller.com slash quitter it's so cool seeing people already joining this community, aspiring quitters, some who have already quit. You're going to want to be a part of this group. There's workbooks and trainings. Uh, you're going to hear from people like Patrice Washington, Laura Belgray, Allison Prince, Jasmine Starr. You're going to like it. Um, so go ahead and check it out. If you have any questions about it, you can DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller. And if you're ready to be a quitter, then sign up at kathyheller.com slash quitter. Okay, well, I am so excited because today's episode is with the amazing Jamila Suffrant. She is back. She's the founder of Journey to Launch, which started off as a blog that was tracking her journey towards financial independence. It then became a podcast, and now it has grown into an incredible movement that inspires and helps others to jumpstart their own journey to financial freedom, eliminate the debt, and walk towards abundance. Make sure to check out Jamila's Journey to Launch podcast, where she explores all aspects of reaching financial freedom from increasing income, becoming tax efficient, paying off debt, investing, saving, and learning how to retire early and wealthy. She's talked to awesome guests like Rachel Rogers, Ramit Sethi, Jessica Zweig. I was even on her show. You're going to learn a ton from her podcast, so definitely take a listen. Jamila has been featured in Money Magazine, Time, Business Insider, Refinery29, CNBC, Essence Magazine, CBS. And what I really love about her is that she's not afraid to be herself. She's not pretentious. She's not trying to be an expert. She's all about telling her audience, just come with me instead of look at me. And she's super transparent about what she's been dealing with all along. She's also going to share juicy tips with you on how to set yourself up financially to leave your day job and what numbers you should know as you build your runway. So you can take some notes in this episode if you can. This woman is brilliant and I feel so blessed that she's here again. Without further ado, please welcome the phenomenal Jamila Soufran. How are you, Miss Soufran? Nice to see your face. You know, Jamila, I feel like you're one of those people, very rare, who has such tremendous... Determination and humility. You've built something so beautiful and you still have the balance of getting to have a life and a family, which is also not something everyone is able to sort of put in the cauldron when they're stirring up the dream pot. So, first of all, why don't you just introduce yourself? That was my introduction of you. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? And then we're going to break things down. And I'll ask you a bunch of questions and we'll just have a great time.
1: Yeah, let's do this. So first of all, Kathy and team, thank you for inviting me here and for those wonderful words. So I'm Jamila Souffrant of Journey to Launch. That's my brand. That's my podcast, the Journey to Launch podcast. And I'm all about reaching and helping you reach financial freedom and independence. You know, my belief is that we can reach freedom from wherever we are today. So regardless of how much debt you have, how much you earn, all the restrictions you may feel that is placed on you, there's freedom available to you. There are more options from right from where you are. And my goal with my platform is to help you figure out your path to that freedom and to help enjoy your life, which is why I call it Journey to Launch because the journey is the most important part of it. What point is the destination if it's a miserable journey? And as we all know, if we've ever accomplished anything, It's great to accomplish it, but then usually what's next, right? And so my hope is that as you are journeying towards financial freedom and independence, you're enjoying the journey most of all to that. So, you know, I like to say that, you know, I have humble beginnings like many people. I was born uh, on the island of Jamaica, beautiful island of Jamaica. And I came here when I was about two years old. And so I was one of those stories where my mom, she was a single mom. She had me, which, by the way, so I'm a mom now myself. I started having kids in my early 30s. I know I look like I'm only 20 something, but, you know, you really do, though. (laughs) But um, my mom only had me at um, she got pregnant at 19. She had me at 20 and she was a single mom. My dad wasn't really in the picture actively helping or raising me. And I can't imagine how she did it at that age because I'm this age, I have help. I have, you know, a husband who's an equal partner and I'm still overwhelmed and I'm like, I can't do this. So my mom is my hero because she had me um, at such a young age but got the opportunity to come to the States and she had to leave me behind. And I actually interviewed her on the podcast. I forgot the actual um, episode because we went through this story how she had to make a decision to leave me in Jamaica. I was about eight months old um, and she had a week to decide because her papers came in. Mines did not and she had to decide and luckily my grandmother was in Jamaica still so she was able to leave me with her but she came to this foreign land where she had some family but she didn't know anything anyone that really well and really worked her way from like the bottom um, to establish herself enough that when the papers came for me and my grandmother I was able to join her and so very humble beginnings in the sense that for me Money wasn't something that we had a lot of, but, you know, I, she worked so hard to provide the basics and then some that I had such a great childhood and great experiences. And I really say that my internal drive and the way that I think about life now is because of how she raised me. And money was always a driving force in our lives and not just the lack of it, but because of what she and my grandmother were able to do with the little bit that they had. And, you know, my grandmother eventually bought a home in New York. My mom eventually went on after working minimum wage jobs to eventually get her master's degree and also is now, you know, self-sufficient, is doing well for herself and even helped me on my path. So I learned about saving and budgeting from them. Not that they had an option. They really had so little to work with that they, they, they made what they had work. And so that's like a through line for me and how I talk about money and freedom because I realized that, you know, you can actually achieve it without having all the money in the world, but it's helpful if, you know, you have more than enough, and so I have that background, and then for me, what really clicked was I was able to get a internship in my college years, and again, saved money, because that was kind of like the through line. We didn't know how to invest and grow money in like an investment account, but one thing they knew, my grandmother and mom knew how to do was save, And so that saving kind of muscle in me was encouraged. And when I was in college, having that really great paying internship, I saved majority of my money and was able to buy my first condo right out of college at 22. I put down on a down payment on it and then it took two years to build and then I moved in. But um, so I have all these experiences from a young age of how opportunities, how seeing opportunities through obstacles, how taking advantage of um, just what was given to me and making it more was so important to get me to where I am today. Fast forward a bit. um, I'm in my early 20s working in a job now. So that internship, that company hired me full-time. But I always had these visions and dreams because I was such a outgoing, free-spirited child that I would not work for anyone past the age of 30. I was like, I don't want to be in this cubicle. This is I don't like people telling me what to do. I'm going to figure out something. Then I started working, started earning more money, and I was like, okay, how am I not going to work? Like I need money, especially for the lifestyle that I wanted to live. Not that I wanted to be necessarily extravagant, but I, I just couldn't figure out how to make it work. I thought you had to be a millionaire, meaning like born into money or marry money and and or just win the lottery. And so I tried a couple of businesses on my own. I, I got my real estate license. I thought maybe I can sell real estate. I didn't really enjoy doing that personally. I had a vending machine business for a little bit. Didn't enjoy that after a while. I had an online magazine. I thought that was going to be the thing. That didn't work out. And so here I am now in my late 20s, have a well-paying job, about to get married. And I'm just like, you know what? Maybe I just need to just suck it up. <laughs> like no one around me is talking about quitting their job at 30 and living their life. Everyone is just happy with what they have, or at least they're just, they're just getting through it. And so I pushed those dreams down about being free. And I thought, let me just be practical, earn as much money as you can spend the money that you have Live your life. Now, when I got pregnant with my first son in my early thirties, I had a long commute. I was commuting from Brooklyn to New Jersey. It was about an hour and a half one way um, on like just a normal day, which is horrible driving. And I was pregnant. Now, before that, I was doing that in my twenties, but I was like, wasn't pregnant. I was fine. But being pregnant, I, I knew something had to change because I wanted to have more kids eventually. And I didn't want to be stuck in this life where I was in my car two to three hours a day working at a job I didn't love. So I would say that, Kathy, um, my dreams that I just tried to forget about because I thought I had to be practical and I didn't know how to do it. They bubbled up one day when my commute home, when I was pregnant with my first son, took three hours, like all the traffic. All the traffic patterns were messed up. I, I always like the joke, the traffic gods were not pleased that day. And so I had a breakdown in the car and I said, no, like it." I remembered, I remembered these dreams I had. And I said to myself, I got to figure something out. I started to Google. So that happened, had a breakdown in the car, told my husband, I have to figure something out. Then eventually I started to Google and really be more active now in my life. I started to Google how to quit your job, how to retire early. And I came across the world of blogs and podcasts talking about this crazy thing called financial independence and retiring early. It was the fire movement. And I was like, what is this thing? There are people here who are teachers who talked about saving and investing their income, half their income. They were able to quit their jobs and buy real estate and do all these amazing things. And I said to myself, wait a second. I should be able to figure something out because I have a well-paying job too. So with that, with the Googling, with the research, I started to listen to podcasts, read blogs. And for the next couple of years, I just immersed myself in that world and said to myself, we can do this. Fast forward again, um, I eventually started Journey to Launch the platform more as a blog because I said, well, I'm hearing all these people talk about financial independence and saving and investing. I feel like there's a perspective missing here. So let me start my own blog to share what I'm doing And let's set my target date to retire early, which really meant quitting my corporate job at 40 years old. And so I started Journey to Launch with that intention, started to share my journey more, what I was doing, how we were optimizing our finances to make this seven-year journey work. I was 33 when I officially started as a blog. It quickly then grew into something that became much more than that. As you can see today, now I am doing this full-time. Journey to Launch is my brand, my business. I started the podcast four years ago, so a couple years after the blog, because I felt talking just was better for me than writing at the moment. And now it's, it became the vehicle that allowed me to leave my job earlier than I expected. Because I had this whole plan that I was going to reach financial independence, meaning have enough money saved and invested um, where we, I wouldn't have to actively work if I didn't want to. Um, you know, and we could talk a bit more about the, what that looked like, Kathy, but I really just had my own set targets. But then Journey to Launch came along. And by then, by the way, I, had, I was pregnant with my third child <laughs> and I had the commute still. I had the, the biz- I had journey to launch on the side, which was a full time thing at that point had my corporate job, which was very intense. Um, And then I had kids and a commute. And I said, one of these things has to go. And so I can't, it's not gonna be the kids and (laughs) the husband um, or Journey to Launch. So I was like, all right, I have to figure out a way to quit my job earlier than I thought. And I figured that plan out, did it in a way that felt good for the family, even though I made more than half of the income for our household. And I like to say that people will say, and it did feel like that in the beginning as an entrepreneur full-time, That I was delaying my financial independence goal. So I had this thing, I was gonna have all the money that I needed by 40. And by quitting my safe job, I stepped away from a solid income that was just, you know, for the most part, I could expect to get every two weeks. Going into entrepreneurship, my business at the time was not making as much at all, if anything, as it was with my corporate job. And so we really had to go through like a year and a half of figuring things out and, you know, living off our savings and following through with the plan we set. And so I say it kind of delayed it because we couldn't save and invest as much as we wanted to then, but it also accelerated it because not only have I found joy and freedom today without having the million dollars in the bank that I thought I needed, I am now making more money than I have in my corporate career. And there's a potential to earn a lot more as long as I continue on this path. And so it's my testimony that yes, the finances and where you are are important But you will be surprised at the opportunities that lay in front of you if you just follow your joy, follow the breadcrumbs, I like to say, of that life gives you and follow that curiosity. Because if I didn't start to Google, how do I quit my job and then see a podcast and then listen to it and then immerse myself and then follow through with the resources they said on the podcast and and really believe I could be that person, I would not be here um, talking to you in this capacity now. And so I am so encouraged to help more people develop and find their own path to freedom also.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so there's like at least six things I want to tease out from that. The first thing is, and you use the word freedom a few times. So we're going to talk about the freedom from the three dimensional, the actual, the job, leaving the job and all of that. But I want to talk about the the freedom in your mind first, because when you tell that story about your mother- and I'm a mom and you're a mom and anyone who's here, who's a mother and having to make that decision so difficult, so challenging, then coming to the States and building what she built, right? And this is what my, my, my thought was, is how many people wouldn't have seen freedom in being so overwhelmed with how much sadness there, there was to focus on if you wanted to, right? And yet by being able to shift the focus to the possibility, she was able to make choices that wound up leading you to be able to always shift your focus so that you can find the freedom, right? Yeah. And I want to talk about that first. You are so good at helping people do that. So that whatever the circumstances are, that comes first, right? In every moment, how do we, how do we almost make the problem disappear by seeing just a totally different perspective? Yeah. How do you feel she's instilled that in you, your grandmother instilled that in you? And how do you feel you've done that yourself so that you can help other people when they're in a circumstance that feels insurmountable, we can find the freedom so we can move.
1: Freedom, like, and I don't want to be like coming from not many means. Like I just, I'm not going to imply that money, like actual money does not matter. It does, especially like the baseline to live, you know, a, a life where you can pay your bills and not be stressed out. It matters, but what matters more is your mindset, it's what you believe is possible for you, and and I'm not talking about like a toxic positivity where like you know right. like if being like if things are really bad and you're like no it's fine it's fine I'm not like <laughs> not that but I look at it like this you have to have faith in something, uh, and it doesn't matter what you believe in you know um but whatever it is you have to have faith in something. For everyone here I'm assuming is an adult and has been through life experiences and so. I think you can find evidence that things always work out for you by looking in your past, even with the
0: negative things that have happened. And again, write that down, write that down. That is one of the most beautiful sentences. I think I've I've never heard that sentence. You can find evidence that things always work out for you by looking in the past.
1: You can. And sometimes we don't see it because we're living life and we, we're not taking stock of what has happened, but I think about the things or opportunities that didn't happen for me when I wanted them. And then what happened after like that, you know, that little tree, if you were to write like a decision tree of, or just a tree of how you got to where you are. And you're like, wow, that was probably for the best. And I know that there has to be at least a couple stories like that, that you can relate to or look back at on why that worked out. You thought you wanted something or something actually was a disappointment, but it led you to something else or saved you from something else. And sometimes you don't even know what it's saving us from. And so I've always had that perspective because I looked at what my mom went through. And I, you know, I always like to say things can always be worse. Uh and coming from and having such a close connection still to my family back in Jamaica, like my life would have been different. You know, I still think I would have made the best of my life no matter where, where I would have ended up. But I think back at how my life could have been different with different choices. And I don't dwell too much on this either, but I know that everything that has happened, even the disappointments that still happen today, you know, like are happening for my benefit. And I like to prove that to myself by just like saying, okay, here's why this has helped me. Here's why this has made me a stronger person. And so I think honestly, like if you can get that, if you can change your perspective about the things that happen to you, if you can look at the opportunities and the obstacles, you'd be unstoppable because- With that mindset and mind frame, it doesn't matter if things are not working out. You view things as detours, not stops. And sometimes a detour is to show you like this route that you would not have seen if you went the straight way. And the detour is more beautiful than a straight route. Uh, So I like to view my life that way. I like to tell people to view their lives that way. Like it really really is in the opportunities and if I had a different mindset there are things that could have happened to me that I would not see the opportunities because I was so focused on the negativity of things and I know that my mom thinks that way uh she continues to think that way and that kind of she passed that to me honestly that belief that the positivity and again it's not to say that I'm always in a good mood I'm not (laughs) I'm always thinking positively but it has helped shape my view of the world honestly and how I approach things
0: absolutely that's so clear and that is so powerful. Thank you for that. What a gift. And then in terms of this huge, huge risk, for some people, it's a huge risk. You quit that job. You were not 40. You had not done the checking of those boxes that you thought initially you had to do in order to quit, but you did indeed quit. And as you said, you're now making more money than you ever made at that corporate safe, practical job. What were the things that you did in order to be able to quit and what advice would you give to someone who's like, oh, I am right there with you and I need to, I need to circle on the calendar, my quit day. What do they need to do between now and that quit day yeah. to make that happen?
1: Yeah. I love talking about this. So when I first started joining to Launch, I did have like a seven year plan to to work and make as much money right. in my job as possible right, and save and invest that. And so I want to talk just a little bit about advantages and privileges. I think it's important. It's not a bad thing if you have privilege, okay? It's not a bad thing if you have advantages. I have a lot more advantages than my mom had and privileges because of what she sacrificed and did. Even when it comes to me, comparing maybe to me and my siblings that stayed in Jamaica, I have some privileges and advantages. So instead of being ashamed of that, I embrace it because now I'm saying to whom much is given, much is required. So Mm. I'm not going to squander my privileges and and advantages or make it be a negative thing with that said I have some privileges and what allowed me to leave my job the way I did so yes I have a husband that is helpful if you have a partner right that has a insurance and a solid 401k plan I don't like I like to be real with people because I think sometimes people are like oh just like quit and you're fine but I also want to like share like part of my security were these things and if you don't have those things that's fine you can figure out something else but also acknowledging if you do have those things, they're helpful. So I didn't have to necessarily worry as much about like the healthcare aspect of it. And, you know, the one thing that stood out for us was my husband's income was not going to cover our expenses. So we had to save up enough money so that we could essentially like supplement his income with our savings that we were saving up to help us survive. I mean, at this point I was pregnant. So we're going to have three kids, our mortgage. We live in New York city, Brooklyn, And we didn't want to sacrifice our lifestyle too much. Like we were already uh, okay. We weren't like spending extravagantly, but you know, we still want to go out to eat here and there. I didn't want me quitting my job meant that like everything changed and like our whole like lifestyle would change too much. So I sat down and we looked at the numbers and made sure how much more money do we need to supplement my husband's income um, for the next year? Because the biggest thing with entrepreneurship too, is you don't want to be stressed about trying to make money. And I knew that part of the reason why Journey to Launch got to where it was was because people really enjoyed the fact that, you know, I was so giving with my content and, you know, they really felt on the journey with me. So I didn't want it to be like, now I quit my job and now I'm like selling and doing all these things just to make ends meet. So it was important to have that saved income to help supplement what we needed to like live. And so instead of saving and investing, so part of my whole story, like claim to fame with Journey to Launch was, My husband and I, because of our income levels, were able to save $169,000. This is saving and invested over two years. So when we started and when I found out about financial independence until I decided that I was going to quit my job, we funneled as much as we could after our expenses to our investment accounts, our retirement accounts. And over two years, that was like $169,000. Again, it's a function of how much we earn together when I decided that I was not going to work like that much longer, instead of investing in the retirement accounts and all that, we stopped. And that started to go into like a cash reserve to help a fund. And that was a mindset shift because here I am like investing and saving and seeing that money grow in an account. And now it's like, well, it's going to go in a savings account. And now it's actually, the plan is to deplete it because that over time until journey to Launch start, starts making money. So I say all that to say we had to look at the finances part of it. And I had to consider the healthcare. And for me, that was easier because of my husband. But that's the numbers aspect. But a big part of it, too, was the mindset piece, right? Like, it was understanding that it would be different being an entrepreneur and working for myself. Um, I, I say that entrepreneurship, I mean, it's, it's fulfilling when you are in alignment and doing what you love and also able to make money. But it's also work it's work and you're going to make mistakes and things are going to happen. And so you really have to prepare yourself for that. And so surrounding yourself with other people going through it, who are more ahead of you joining programs, like investing in the programs for me was really crucial because if it weren't for my group of friends who were already entrepreneurs or joining programs that showed me how to create my first product and or grow the podcast that I have, I would be floundering. I would be, I would feel like, I'm alone in this experience and that's not the case. There are other people who can support you through this. So having that support network was really crucial in helping me leave because even when I doubted myself, I had people who were making it work and I was like, okay, all right. That's, that's showing me it's possible. I have to just keep going.
0: Okay. So good. So juicy. So juicy. You said, I didn't want to start all of a sudden selling because I had been nurturing, which is that is what you do, right? That is what you do. You have to build the well before you're thirsty. You have to keep giving, plant the seeds, you know, till the land before you want something from the land, right? That's psychologically, we have to build that trust factor. We have to give before we ask, right? However, at a certain point it was time. And you said until journey to launch made the money. So there was going to be, you knew a moment where you would have to make the offer. Yes. And you would have to do both the mindset work to step in and claim it. And you would also have to figure out what would be the offer that would land right on a practical level, which you did. And then that offer grew and it's had its own journey as I've watched you. And now there's so many different cool ways you've given people to work with you and to transact with you. How on earth... (laughs) Did you do that? That to me is what I see from people is one of the biggest things. There's one risk, which is quitting the job, but there's almost an even scarier risk, which is claiming my worth and asking of the world to open my palms and receive in exchange for what I can give. So when did you finally do it and how did you first do it? Yeah,
1: so this is really interesting. I I would like you all to know that I'm still working through it, and I I share my my lessons as I go. But I have tried almost like every type of product or service with my business, and you know it's funny because as I do them all, I'm like I don't like this one either. (laughs) So what is it that you like doing, Jamila? Right. So for me, it was trying things and not being like afraid to fail. So it was like trying like the law and it depends on your industry and and like where you are in the market that matters and who your target audience is. Right. But, you know, for the longest time I was, is really focused on trying to create a product or service directly to my audience, which I still recommend. Right. I tried a few things. And even like recently I actually shut down, I had a membership, like a personal finance membership called the Money Launch Club that I'm actually shutting down. Not because like I can't make it work. It's just. I don't know that I wanna put my energy towards that right now with everything that's happening, right? And so you won't know that though, until you try it. And I know that's scary because two years ago, I mean, I started the membership a couple of years ago and if you would have told me that, you know, you're gonna eventually shut it down, it would have felt like then why start it? But I don't want you to think like that. Like you have to start these things to know exactly what you wanna do. And that's what I've been trying and doing in my business. Now I will say that obviously to do that, like there needs to be some level of comfort And security in terms of income, right? So that's why for me, having savings was important. So that way I knew if something did not work or if I didn't want to do something, I could say no to it. And I could set boundaries around what I would say yes to just in my business. But like, that's important to have. And so some of the things that were making money for me. So the other thing too is like, cause you know, Kathy, you you have your podcast and brand too, is that realizing that Journey to Launch itself as a media company, like was also a service and product. And so now I'm leaning more into the product of Journey to Launch as it relates to advertising, getting advertisers on the podcast and brand partnerships and sponsorships and doing some of that media work that pays while still exploring my what I'm selling directly to my audience. But I would not uh, be in a position to do that unless I had like a baseline of what was working and what felt good. And honestly, it is following what feels good and what's in alignment. Because once you start doing things because you think you should be doing it, because other people are doing it, it's not gonna work or it's not gonna be sustainable because that's what happened to me. I'm like, well, most people in the personal finance space have like a low cost membership. That's what I'll do, right? And so I did that and I'm not in the capacity right now. It doesn't mean I'm not gonna open it again or do something with it, but I'm like, that's not working right now for me. So I need to focus on what feels good and what is working. So you can't decide that though until you try. And I know it feels scary to like try things that may not work. But you might as well, because all you do is sit in a space and not move forward because you don't know the next step to take. But sometimes it takes making the wrong step to know the next right step. And then that next right step leads you to
0: where you're supposed to be. 100%. Yeah, 100%. What has been the main thing that you did up till now, besides the membership, that of all the things you like the most?
1: You know, it's funny. I think almost being being a curator, honestly, of content. So I know you talked about this in your book, Kathy, like, you know, the different ways you can make money. And I realized mm-hmm. that my gift is actually like translating and curating content, making uh, personal finance and things that seem complicated, more accessible and more easier to understand. And so if that means either me explaining a concept or interviewing other people in a way that they people get it, like that is what I'm really good at. And so I'm really enjoying kind of stepping into that curator role and leading more into Jamila Sufran, the interviewer, the podcaster, the TV show host one day, like more into like what I'm good at, not only what I think I'm good at, but what other people keep telling me that I'm good at and stop trying to force the other things that still can work, but let's focus on like what you're good at, what you enjoy doing. And then the other things will happen for you
0: too. Oh my God, Jamila, I just saw your whole future when you just said that because it's so true. It's like, you can listen to these like experts who worked on wall street and all of that stuff, but you really just want your girlfriend to sit down with you, have coffee and be like, but but here's what it really means. Like, let me break it down. And you're the perfect person to do that. You literally are the perfect and you do do that. But I love that you have found that little sort of compass. By trying other things, you're like, and, and that is such a gift that we do know you guys. It's just, we don't always trust what we know. And oh, Jabila, you're going to be so successful oh, <laughs> continuing to do yeah. that. That's like, for sure, that's a done deal. And so it is. I love this conversation, but before we keep going, we're just going to thank our sponsors. Miro is a collaborative whiteboarding online platform created to help people visualize, discuss, and share work. Just like the whiteboard that hangs in your office, Miro is a blank slate where you and your team or friends can all work, play, or something in between. If you find it difficult to collaborate outside of a traditional office, you're frustrated with the current tools in your workspace, and you need a platform that organizes all your creative ideas in one space, then this is totally for you. I know I need some organization in my business, but I've never stuck with any other shared workspace platforms because be honest, they're not that fun to look at or use. But I love that Miro has made this creative way to collaborate and organize. I can write, draw, incorporate videos, sticky notes, diagrams, or audio. I think it's really helpful when I want to show my team what I'm envisioning for new projects, and then we can come up with a clear plan to execute the idea. Miro is creating a revolution in how we create and collaborate. So join the over 20 million users today. You can sign up and use Miro today for free. Go to Miro, that's M-I-R-O dot com slash dream job to start your free account Sign up today and take advantage of three free whiteboards with this exclusive offer. Go to Miro, M-I-R-O dot com slash dream job to start using Miro today. There's no reason to delay. When you're running a business, the last thing you want to deal with are HR issues like wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR manager salaries aren't cheap. They're an average of seventy thousand dollars a year. Bambi, spelled B A M B E E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat, and they'll customize your policies to fit your business. Plus, they're going to help you manage your employees day to day. Again, all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. It's month to month, no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. If I had to spend my time and energy on HR problems, my business would have probably never grown exponentially in the way that it has. So I think it's really important to have someone there to take care of those tasks. And this way you can focus on the parts of your business that you actually love to do. Go to Bambi.com slash dream job right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash dream job, spelled Bambi to the B-E-E dot com slash dream job. So speaking of the translating, part of what I wanted to ask you was about that whole thing where you keep referring to saving that money, Let's just say that really allowed me to try this. Saving that money was definitely a factor. I don't think most of us know how to do that. So if somebody wanted to put their quit day on the calendar for three months, six months, whatever Mm. a date from now, how on earth when you're, let's say you're in a place where you're barely like squeaking by, right? Yeah. And you're not going to sacrifice Netflix. (laughs) Where on earth do you even begin to think that you could save something? How do you do that?
1: Yeah. So first I'm going to go into the practical numbers in a second. I just also want to reiterate or say that don't make your situation your enemy. Like, so when I found out about financial independence and like, I was so excited. I was like, oh, so now we can leverage our income and save it and invest and then get to this goal. And it was seven years away. And once I found out, it's almost like the gift and the curse. Like once you are, know about this other way of life and your other possibilities, sometimes you make your current situation an enemy, like everything annoys you, everything, you just want to get away from it. And that actually makes things worse. So you need to make peace with where you are, because what the last thing you want to do is like, if you're still working in a job is to hate it and hate everybody. Like everything starts to annoy you. Like even the person just like, I don't know, scratching their head will annoy you. And it's just like, we don't want that. We want to make peace. And still enjoy our current, we don't want to run away from our current situations, because you might think that quitting your job is going to solve all your problems, and it won't. So whatever was bothering you in your job with those mental, that mindset stuff, that's still going to follow you as a full-time entrepreneur. So I always like to say, one, like get your mind right about where you are now. Give gratitude to the job that you have that is paying your bills. Hopefully it is paying your bills. Really lean into that and see the positives of where you are, because we don't want to make it an enemy. But when it comes to like the numbers, you really have to figure out how much does it take for me to survive and live, right? Whether it's by you or maybe your partner, but how much money do you need coming into your household to cover your expenses? I always tell people also like doing an assessment is what everyone should do, no matter where you are currently financially, even if you are financially free, is really take stock of where you spend your money. I call it, it's four areas that you need to understand your money. So your your expenses, where does your money go every month? Like actually writing that down, looking at it. Your income, what are you bring in? And then your liabilities slash debt. What do you owe? And then what do you own? And knowing those four numbers is a really good start. Mm-hmm. When it comes to wanting to quit your job, you're gonna have to understand your cash flow, because you have to still survive. So how much do you need either saved or bringing in your business to be able to support yourself? And you may have to make temporary sacrifices. You know, I've done that. I'm still doing that. Am I living the complete, I like to call it guacamole lifestyle that I, I want to live? Meaning like when I go to a restaurant, it doesn't matter how much the guacamole costs, I'm buying it. I still say no. I'm like, I'm not paying $15 for that guacamole. One day I want to get to the point where it doesn't matter if it's $30. If I want it, I want to buy the guacamole, right? But you may be in a position, if you're trying to quit your job, you can't say yes to the guacamole. And that's okay. It's not forever. And so it's really about looking at how much, what is my minimum, I like to say minimum viable expenses where I can still be happy. And then, you know, their levels. So maybe you add on, but if you're really trying to quit early or it's like something you can't wait to do, you have to get your expenses in check and, or have your income in check from your business or savings to help supplement that. But you got to know the numbers. That's number one.
0: Oh my gosh. I love the guacamole. That makes it. I was like, why did she say guacamole? Like, there you go. That's a perfect, perfect (laughs) response. I feel like those are numbers that people don't even want to look at. Right. That's like the first problem is like, you don't even want to open the door to the closet to see if there's junk in there. Yeah. So is there a way that you can make that feel more inviting or less scary? And, and is there one of those numbers that we could start with and then see if we can simplify it and say, okay, here's how you can try to make the emotional space to deal with this one of those four. And then here's a simple tip to starting to sort of put that in the right direction.
1: Yeah, okay. So your perspective on this matters because if you if you looking at your expenses and potentially budgeting, like a negative thing, like you think it's restricting, then you're not going to enjoy the process. But I say a budget is freeing and it gives you more leeway to spend because you have limits versus a lot of us are spending and not even knowing how it's impacting our goals and our lifestyle that we really ultimately want to live. And so knowing that you have set aside or you know that, okay, it's $300 for restaurants this month. That is powerful versus not knowing that at all and just spending and then the regret and shame that kind of comes from after that. So it's really seeing your budget and you have to call it a budget. I sometimes call it a freedom plan, call it whatever you want. Having those numbers to help guide your decision making is really important. So I would say of the four like numbers or categories, uh, income expenses, liabilities and assets, expenses can be like, I don't want to say the quickest, but You can really get a handle on your expenses in a way that like it can happen in a day if you set the time aside. And so it's really just understanding that it's going to be potentially jarring and painful, but knowing that mostly everyone feels this way or has these feelings, you're not alone. And also understanding the quicker you get a hold of this, the faster you'll get to your goals. We were making good money before I found out about financial independence, but we were not optimizing that money. Like when I said that we saved 169 over the two years, we were making about the same amount before that, but not saving and investing half of that because we were just kind of spending without thinking about what we we're spending. So just know that you can literally unlock another dimension of freedom in your life right now, just by being aware of the numbers. And that next step would be then to evaluate your numbers. So I always say, put some time in your calendar. Depending on what your schedule looks like, it could be 30 minutes, an hour, even less if you don't have the time, but like say to yourself, all right, first step, I'm going to get all my bank account login and then I'm going to sit down and then write out what I spent. So, you know, we're just starting August kind of in a way. So maybe look back in July. What did I spend? I just need to know that. And once you break down the steps in that way and have it on your calendar and stick to it, make it fun, maybe glass of wine, beer, whatever you enjoy, make it have a treat afterwards that it's going to reward you for sticking to it. Just do it because I'm telling you, once you see those numbers, then it allows you to see what you can change or what you can do better or, you know, and so that is the starting point. It's just like understanding the mindset of the perspective of this is a good thing I'm doing. It's going to be painful or not. You may be pleasantly surprised and then move forward from there. But you got to get the numbers down. If you like, you can't do it in your head because your head is not keeping track of everything properly.
0: And remember, as part of Jamila's story, she was telling us that she had bought that first condo and you were in your early 20s. And I remember you telling that to me when I had you on the show the first time. And you said, I think that condo was in Dumbo, right? It was in Dumbo, Brooklyn before Dumbo like totally exploded. So the point being that you were able to do that then, like you were able to save enough money then to buy something. Go ahead.
1: Yes. And yes. And I want to say this too, because got to give credit to my mom. No, it's funny because I wrote an article and it, it got picked up by, um, I think it was CNBC. And I talked about buying my first condo and my mom gave me money. So I'm like, well, if someone wrote like, you know, like the haters that like will write on the post to be like, oh, come from a privileged background. Well, I guess, you know what? Some people, if they know my life, they'll be like, her mom was not privileged. She worked for that. Right. But you know what? I'll accept that. My mom did give me money for the first 10%. I mean, I had to come up with the remaining 10%. My mom allowed me to stay home for the two years the condo was being built so I could save my money. That's privilege, right? But what I like to say is like, in order for me to have the additional, she didn't give me the full 10%. I had to have some of the first 10% and the additional 10% plus the closing costs and then actually afford it. I had to save most of my money to do that. But I like to, as an encouragement to anyone, is that I always just say, even if you don't relate to my story because you don't have a parent that can give you you know, some money for a down payment, I think that you can be what my mom was for me and like literally from nothing help their daughter buy their first condo. Right. Like, and I think that's like, I, which I just always like to tell people that part um, and to be transparent, but yes, going back to the budgeting part, it is about saving and investing first. Here's another thing that I do. I still do now. I set my saving and investing goals or things that are important to me first. Everything else has to fit in. So if I have a goal, when I had the goal of buying the condo and having enough money to close on it, I knew I needed X amount of month to have to save to get to the amount I needed. That was going in automatically first into a savings account. What was left was what I lived on. And so that's kind of how I tell people, look at don't spend first and then save what's left. Set your saving and investing targets and then
0: make the rest work. So good, Jamila. You know, one of the things I saw coming up in the chat points towards questions regarding imposter syndrome. And when you're speaking, what I hear just in my own experience is everything that you're saying, which you like, you slay at this. I'm really just very much starting out to even understand all that. My husband is much more of like the millionaire next door type, you know, like he grew up, his dad passed away unexpectedly when he was a kid. And so he- they lived in this rent control department. But meanwhile, he went to law school and business school without any debt. And like, cause he saved, 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 saved. saved, Like just literally saved it all and never had student loans, like paid it all back. Like it's amazing. So he's in your camp. For me, I have the opposite thing where I focus on like just how much money I can make, right? And I see just in terms of perspective, I'm like, there's customers everywhere. Your buyer is everywhere. And to the extent that you can be the vibration of what someone wants to buy into, boy, can you like move mountains like overnight. People love being around you. There's a warmth, there's a realness. And so to the extent that you've been visible, people want to be a part of that world, which has done wonders, right? For your brand and everything else. But people will ask, well, Who am I to do this? Like, I don't have a financial degree from Harvard Business School, right? But either do you. Last time I checked, you don't either. (laughs) So when it comes to that making money part, I know that we all go through that moment of like, yeah, who do I think I why am I so boldly putting this in the world? I, I don't have any credential. And yet either does Oprah, you know, or Beyonce or a lot of other humans. How did you overcome that? How do you help people overcome that if they want to do something that they don't have a permission slip from some institution?
1: It's such an interesting point because I know it impacts everyone. And again, it still impacts me and it's different levels. Like even as you get to another stage or level, you accomplish something else. Imposter syndrome or these thoughts, the negative thoughts in your head, they're still going to be there. They're still there for me. I think- It's important to understand, one, there's still there, but that doesn't mean anything's wrong with you if you're thinking them. It's almost like needing to make peace with it. Like, I understand why you're here. A lot of times they call that like our inner child, where there's like the person trying to protect us, right? Uh, Because the world can be a scary place, right? And so whatever that voice is inside of us wants to like kind of just say, oh, you sure you want to do that? And I always say like, I am nervous. People don't believe this, but before I do certain things to this day, I'm very nervous about it. And overthinking, but here's what I just do it anyway. Like I literally just like f it. If I if if I don't do it, someone else is gonna do it, right? So I might as well do it. And again, I think you just have to decide. You have to decide that you're not gonna let that voice take over and keep you from the life that you're meant to live. I don't have like you know my CFP. I'm not like a certified financial planner. And I could speak more eloquently. I, I can learn to use bigger words, all these things that would make me appear to be smarter and all these things. I can my brain sometimes thinks that like, Jamila, oh, you know, like you're talking so like plain, like no one's going to take you seriously. But I lean into that part of me, which then allows people to feel connected. Right. And so I think it's also accepting everything that you are, you know, like all your quirks. If you don't know something, you don't know something. Like all these things that I may be, or some people will say, well, I don't want to do that thing because people are not going to think I'm an expert because I, I'll say, I don't know. And I'm like, actually, when you say you don't know, if you admit, if you are nervous even, that makes you more endearing because everyone is feeling the same thing. It's just some people don't talk about it or hide it. And there's nothing wrong with you know, presenting that way. Sometimes that requires it. But I find that it's not about not hearing that voice anymore. It's about being able to turn it off Or ignore it and to like make peace with it with it in a way and that's what I've done that's what I continue to do there are there are things that are happening for me right now and I'm just like me like that's really happening for me this is so like it's so exciting but scary but you know what to me if it's put in my path if it has been shown to me as a goal or a vision there's a reason for that and I'm not going to squander that opportunity because I don't think I'm good enough because if I wasn't good enough, it would not be in my frame. I wouldn't even have a thought. I really believe if you have a thought for something, it's put in you for a reason. I heard this wonderful um, this wonderful idea that like if you have, you know, sometimes you have a goal or something comes to you, like it's your future self showing you something that's coming true. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it's like confirmation that it's going to happen. And it's all I have to do is walk forward. No matter how many missed, I just got to keep going and not give up. And that's kind of like how I view things.
0: Oh, it's like... A preview of coming attractions. I love it. It's so good. If the dream is in you, then that's for you, right? Last thing to talk about, which you also mentioned, is this podcast of yours. And you said really quickly, you're like, because talking just felt easier. I totally agree with that. And look what this podcast has done. So I want to talk about that for a minute. First of all, I want everybody to go follow, subscribe. It's so good. And she's so cute and smart. So go follow her. But as far as that podcast goes, there were already so many other podcasts when you started, right? And, and really also podcasts talking about those things. Yeah. So how did you give yourself the permission to do it? And then what do you think made it take off? Because there's a lot of them that don't and yours did. So what do you think about that?
1: Yeah. I like to say the podcast changed my life. Like I would not have, or be where I am without the podcast, um, without that medium, you know, I had the blog and that was cool. And I had social media, but having like my own space to share my thoughts, my views, to curate guests that I knew would be helpful on the journey to wherever you are going, financial freedom. But I would say this, like, so there were other personal finance podcasts and there were other financial independence podcasts, not that many, not like that much, but there were some and business podcasts and all that. But I definitely saw in the financial independence space specifically, like my perspective or a perspective like mine was not there. You know, a lot of the guests like were white men. And when they did have someone of color on or like a black person, I'll be like, oh, like I need to hear more of that. And I said to myself, I want to create a space in which I can curate the guests and it be diverse And we're learning about different things like in a way that I wasn't hearing from other places. So because I was such a student and that's like, look at my commute, people at my job, they knew that I commuted from a far place and they were like, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, listen, I don't know how I do it either. I don't think about it, I just do it. But what I did was I turned my car into literally like a learning mobile. And I listened to podcasts. Um, Kathy's podcast is one of them like on one and a half speed. So I used to get to two or three on one way. And I used, to, I used to be excited when I got up in the morning to drive, just to listen to the podcast. So I became a student of podcasts and I knew what worked or what I liked at least and what I didn't like. And I knew, so that helped me create a product or a serve my, my podcast in a way where I saw what was missing in the industry. I knew that no one had my story in my voice. And then I just also just the technical aspects i knew what i wanted to do like how i wanted to, if it was going to be interview show slash solo episodes sometimes and so i, I say that is like i if, if i would have just maybe started it without understanding what i liked and what worked it would have been harder because i was in my car for so long and you know it took it took like a couple of years before i quit my job so i had a lot of time to figure it out and start the podcast and have make mistakes but i did it and so the podcast definitely is life-changing. And the other thing that I've really stuck to and I recommend for everyone is that I'm consistent with the podcast. I haven't missed an episode since I started um, four years ago. It's come out every Wednesday, <laughs> which, you know, I'm at the point where I don't, I can say that because I want people to be consistent, like no matter what, like your 10 listeners or 10 out, like keep going. But I mean, that doesn't mean I won't get to a point where I'm gonna take a break, like and do a replay. I, I think I'm at that point where I can do that. But I love the streak that I'm on. <laughs> with that and I would say people like you have to be consistent and so many people give up before they start seeing the benefits or the opportunities that come from it and if I were to do that in my first 10 episodes I didn't know many people at all like in this space in podcasting or in the personal finance space like I was a newbie just like everyone else but I said to myself listen I'm going to continue to focus on the actual product make sure that's the best it can be and it, it will Work if I keep going, but if I give up early, it's not.
0: Oh, it is so cool that you did just what you said you just did, right? I think if my statistics are correct, it's somewhere near only 12 to 13% of all podcasts are hosted by women. And of those women, how many of them are women of color? Or how many shows are there people where you feel represented? And for you to go ahead and do that is so major. That we need to stop and acknowledge how important and major that is. The other thing you just said, which is so big and so important, I was actually going to ask you and then you said it, is how consistent we need to commit to being without this sort of immediate ROI, right? Like I feel like People, it takes so much to be bold and go ahead and actually do something. But then after nine episodes, if you don't have a hundred thousand downloads, most people, they say statistically after seven episodes of their podcast, they just give up. And whether it's a blog or a podcast or your marriage or anything, you're just not going to be successful unless you're willing to stay and sustain it. And that takes a mindset. I'm curious about that. And I'm also curious if you have one or two things that you did strategically that you found really worked to grow that communication with your audience, to get a bigger audience, to have a more intimate audience. So I'd love to hear you talk about, about those things. Yeah.
1: So I remember in the beginning I had a Facebook group. I think it had less than 200 people in it, which is still a good amount of people I know, but like or maybe it was a few, but I had the blog and because I was sharing my numbers and to a degree and my personal stories, that's the thing. I think when you're starting out, you need to share your personal story. Now you decide how much it doesn't have to be everything, but people need to connect to something. And that's what they're gonna to connect to most is something that, oh, wow, I had a single mom or like, I you know grew up in this place and you know people wanna to relate to certain things about your story. So I remember having a Facebook group and they helped me choose the um, cover for my podcast. I was like, okay, I'm coming out with a podcast. What do you think of this? So they were very invested, I think, um, all 10 of them <laughs> in like the podcast. And I remember crowdsourcing, like, what do you wanna hear? What questions do you have for me? Like I, I, I really incorporated a lot of what they wanted at first along with what I wanted to like talk about. And I was really clear on that. I also dubbed them, I, I gave them a name from the beginning because I knew I loved being like a part of communities that had names. So I call them, I call you journeyers. So hopefully we'll have some new journeyers here. And that's anyone on this journey with me to financial freedom and independence. So that helped. It helped like feeling a part of something bigger. And I just literally kept at it and it was word of mouth. So even on social media, when I started to share episodes, I think having a podcast, by the way, is great. Cause then you get to like talk and meet people and they get to know you, like they're your guests, your actual guests, like Kathy, like we both on each other's podcast. And now it's like, we kind of know each other. Like I would not have, if I didn't have a podcast, I don't think that would have happened. It would have been a longer route to like us meeting. And so you get to connect with your guests, you promote your guests and your guests hopefully see that and are like now, okay, grateful that you, you promoted them. You talk to your audience. One thing I did definitely a lot before when I, it was less people following me, which is why if you have a small audience now, it's really good because you can get to know them. Like I would, if someone said, I love that episode or I love that comment, like I'd go to their profile. If their name was in it, I would like always include their name in the response. If someone said they liked something, I'd say, what did you like about it? It wouldn't just be thanks. It'd be like, oh, what did you like about it? Oh, and I would create dialogue. And really um, I'll have people who were following me from the very beginning say, I remember like, you were always just very intentional about the way you interacted with us. And that may, that has to, you know, change as you get a little bit bigger. But you can still do some of that. And that creates that connection to your audience that will then help with word of mouth. Because that's the biggest thing outside of like the bigger stuff, like whether it's ads and connecting with bigger audience, people with bigger audiences, but you need a solid product because once people find you, they're going to be like, all right, you want it to be good. And with that, you have to just continue to create that good content and then also connect personally with the 10 people right now following you.
0: That is... (laughs) literally the best advice it's like engagement 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 it's intimacy and that is where the word of mouth comes from right oftentimes it's it's like being on a date and the guy's like looking over your shoulder versus like if you have 10 people and you are so invested in them they're going to tell their friends right and so instead of being like okay well there's the next person it's like well, what can you do to really serve these people so well that each one of them tells three people and then each one of them tells three people. And that is very Seth Godin of you. So I love it. Jamila, tell everybody where they can find you.
1: Yeah. So check out the Journey to Launch podcast. You can literally find it wherever you listen to the Kathy's podcast. And also, journeytolaunch.com. Our website was recently updated a couple months ago. Super proud of it. And also, at Journey to Launch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then I do have at Jamila Sufron. that's where I post like more of my personal journey to fitness and just freedom and
0: motherhood. You can follow that too. Jamila, I love spending time with you any day of the week. You added so much today. I hope that you really can feel how much you just gave all of us. Can you feel it?
1: I feel it because you have a great community here, Kathy.
0: So awesome. How awesome is Jamila? Okay, here are the takeaways. Number one, we can reach freedom from wherever we are today. Number two, you can find evidence that things always work out for you when you look in your past. Number three, even the disappointments happen for your benefit. If you change your perspective about the things that happen to you, you're going to be unstoppable. Number four, you have to try different things. Don't be afraid to fail to figure out exactly what you want to do. Sometimes you have to make the wrong step to know the next right step. And that next right step could lead you right to where you need to be. Number five, don't make your situation your enemy. Give gratitude to the job you have that pays your bills and lean into the positives. Make peace with where you are. Number six, accept everything that you are, quirks and all. And number seven, if it's shown to you as a goal or vision there's a reason for it don't squander that opportunity because you don't think you're good enough it's your future self showing you something that's coming true all you have to do is keep moving forward thank you so much for being here thank you for listening i know that you have a lot going on We have so many great episodes coming up. So definitely go ahead, hit subscribe and leave us a written review because it helps other people to find this show. And we want this show to become viral, right? We want so many people to be inspired the way that you're inspired. So if this episode or any episode inspired you, please share it with somebody today. Follow along and and subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or, or Spotify, wherever you listen. And thank you again. I can't say it. Thank you so much for being here. It means the world to me. Also, if you want to be a quitter and you want to leave your day job so you can start living in alignment with your purpose and you can just feel so good about waking up and getting paid to be you, then come join the Quitters Club. You can sign up at kathyheller.com slash quitter. I love you so much. And I'll leave you with a song of mine. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com
3: at that girl. She's lighting up the world. She'll be a hologram to earn their love. People wait in line to see the way she shines. If she wasn't perfect, would it be enough? Now the sky's on fire. I've lived my whole Another Mona Lisa. They all come to see her. Everybody's looking for a hero. Now the Three, ready set free. One two 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 three, ready set. Free.